welcome back to The Horse Fix, where you can get your weekly horse fix and perhaps fix your horse at the same time. I'm Sandy Holt, and I'm coming to you from Aubrey, Texas, Horse Country, USA, Winter Haven Ranch. Today's episode is going to be about how we got started with our horses, and I encourage you all to reach out to me and let me know how you got started, and perhaps we can put your story on another podcast. And also, don't forget to subscribe and give us a thumbs up. So, let's get started. Well, today is one of those days where you're not really wanting to throw your leg over the saddle. It's cold and windy, and it's supposed to get even down to 31. And yesterday, I think it was 72. So, they say, you know, about Texas, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. At any rate, we decided to do some podcasting today and keep ourselves indoors as much as we can. I have been asked many times how I got started with horses. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 70 in January, so it's been a, a lengthy journey, but one that I've enjoyed every minute of, and I'm hoping to have this journey for a long time to come. I have Harry my grandson with me, who's also one of my assistants, and he's going to talk a little bit about how he got started with horses, too. Harry, it's uh, it's been a journey for you, too, uh, sporadically, though. Yeah, sporadically. Yeah. So I can remember with Harry, he's, he would come every single summer uh, to the ranch, and coming from Arizona, and couldn't wait. He would be the first one in the morning to get his boots and jeans on and, and be down at the barn waiting for me to show up so that he could mount up. And he was one of those riders that just took to it naturally and uh, loved it. And I would have to make him get off the horse. He, he didn't want to, he didn't want to mm-hmm. stop. But Harry, things changed a little bit for you around the age eight or nine. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I kind of just started really getting into riding. I mean, I was, again, I, it was hard to get me off the horse, but I was really learning how to do certain things and not just kind of just walking around, but trying to get faster and some things like that. And I think it was my first time trying to lope. I'm not sure if I did something wrong or what happened, but I was loping for a good portion of the arena and then the horse I was on started bucking Mm -hmm. while running and I held on for a little bit I think Mm -hmm. but one good buck and I got off. (laughs) I'll never forget that day It, it was horrifying for me you know I had him on a horse that was literally if if there's going to be a horse that's bomb proof that would be Timmy the horse he would ride every day and this horse was quite the babysitter and uh, took a lot of people through the paces of learning to ride fun to ride, easy to ride, very compliant, listen to everything that you'd ask him to do, and good teacher, because once you asked him to do something, if you asked correctly, though, he would do it correctly, and so it really taught the kids and and grown-ups how to ride. Well, one day, I'm sitting there uh, on my horse on the other side of the arena with someone else, and I start hearing, whoa, whoa, and I look up, and I see Timmy bucking across the arena. And he's he's running fast, but he's also bucking. 
and I think Harry lasted halfway down the arena. I was very impressed with that. But then the last one, I mean, literally, he got airborne, and he was high, and he came flat down on his back. Now, the only thing I'm thinking that happened with Timmy is that he got bit by a horsefly or a bee, because we did have some bees in the arena, and I think that could have been what happened, because I don't have an explanation otherwise. At any rate, Harry was down, and it was very traumatic, and he had some sore back there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and then it took, well, then he was about to go back to Arizona, so he never did get a chance to return to the saddle and kind of get, get over that drama that happened. So then, Harry, how long do you think it was before you... Well, I didn't get on the next year I came back, and I don't think I did for another three years. Yeah, and, and every then, time you come back, yeah. I could, yeah, come on, ride. No, he would shake his head no. And then someone got me to ride, I think five years after mm-hmm. and then i think the next summer i tried it again i think you forced me to yes and then i think um, i bribed you actually yeah, one hundred dollars or something <laughs> and then kind of just in the last couple months i've been riding a little bit more yeah yeah so harry's been out here now harry's 21 and so there's been a big gap there between eight years old and 21 just a couple times on the horse but it seemed to I'll come back to him and really just started gradually on his own, started to work with the horses. And I think his passion became rekindled and, and he didn't seem to forget anything. He's, he was always quiet with the horse and continued to be and balance was good and his instincts were good with the horse. And so for you listeners out there that have had that kind of experience, don't give up hope and Please, I encourage you to not think that uh, you can't return to something that you were once passionate about. That If you were the kid that got up and put your boots on in the morning and and beat everybody to the barn, you know, that that desire may come back. And so don't dismiss it. You might be missing out if you do. So a lot of people have asked me about my experiences and, and how I became a horse person. Probably was four when my father bought me my first pony. Now, I do want to say for you fathers and mothers out there that are thinking about buying your child a pony, don't. <laughs> Please don't. Ponies are spoiled. They're they're never really well trained. And every once in a while you'll find a well trained pony, but the reason they're not trained is they're little. Adults can't train ponies because they're too big to get on the pony and train it. So ponies get trained by children, and usually children that haven't had that much experience. So then you get, you know, you get what you got, and these ponies can hurt you. My ponies hurt me a lot. So I would say probably one of my daughter's best gifts was the pony I never bought her, (laughs) because otherwise she would never ever, ever want to ride horses. And she's a good rider to this day. She kind of retired in her show career around uh, 10 <laughs> but um, and, and took up other hobbies. But uh, she um, she's a good rider. At any rate, then went to some backyard pet horses, so to speak. I didn't have any formal training. My training was my older brother throwing me up on the horse. I would be, I was around six. 
he'd throw me on the horse and he would get on his horse and he would take off and my horse would follow. And that's, you know, that's pretty much how I learned to, to ride. And it wasn't really riding. I was staying on. Yeah, holding on. Yeah, 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 holding on and screaming and saying, save me. Well, my older brother thought it was really fun to get my horse to take off so that he could play cowboy the hero cowboy, and ride up alongside me and grab the horse's bridle and pull it to a stop. <laughs> so that's kind of how I uh, how I got started with horses, and, and you know, and I we lived next to sand dunes and Lake Michigan, and and I would and I called them the Badlands because my brother would go riding up the hills and sliding down the hills, and my horse would follow, and I would say, "Please don't take me to the Badlands," and he would every time. So I did learn to stay on a horse quite well, but never really learned to ride till I think I was around 18, actually. People are pretty surprised about that, but uh, I just kind of stayed in the same mode of, you know, horses are are fun, but, you know, I didn't take them seriously. How did you not start riding until you were 18? Well, you know, like I said, I learned how to be a really good passenger and to survive. But it wasn't until I started showing horses that I realized there was a lot more to it than just being able to stay on a horse. To really ask a horse to move properly, you had to know how to cue the horse. You had to know where to put your legs and where to put your hands and how to balance and then and how to pull your legs back underneath you. And when I, I got my first actual trainer coach and he started teaching me how to ride. So then I really started enjoying my riding. So about a year after I started showing horses, I actually ran for Rodeo Queen. And I actually won. And I was very surprised and I was so happy about it. But the funny story about the Rodeo Queen contest was that I competed on my show horse. And so she and I were very in tune with each other and and uh, I had a great pattern, and it was really good, a good contest for me. So the night of the rodeo where they were to crown the queen and, and reveal who won, we were all out there. I did not ride my show horse because she was afraid of bright lights and big crowds at night. So I rode my father's horse. Now, my father's horse was very calm, but my father's horse was very, very large, very large. And I'm five feet tall. <laughs> so I looked like kind of a peanut up there riding the horse out there in the arena but but I was grateful that I didn't have to worry about you know the horse bucking with me or anything so when they announced me as as the the rodeo queen they said please dismount so that we can crown you and give you your sash and blah blah, blah. so I dismounted and they crowned me and they said, now, Miss Holt, please remount and take your victory lap. And I walked over and I hadn't mounted. I mean, I had to have help when I got on her before. So now I'm out there in the middle of the arena, full crowd of rodeo stands. And I have to mount this horse and the spotlight is on me, literally. They put the spotlight <laughs> on me. And, and I'm looking at this horse. The stirrup was literally at my nose. So I had to get my foot up that far. And then once I got the foot up that far, I'd had to shimmy myself up. Well, I don't know, adrenaline, I guess, but I did make it. And we did take our victory lap. So anyway, fast forward on to 
pretty big show career. I, I got the bug, so I showed a lot, won a lot of prizes, uh, won, won horse trailers and saddles and money and, and uh, got a world champion all-around horse and just had a blast doing everything with him from jumping to Western Trail competition to pleasure driving, horsemanship, uh, equitation, and English, and uh, you know the whole gamut. Was a national champion and world champion, and it really enjoyed him. Then I went on to reigning and and did reigning exclusively for a while, and was lucky enough to win some world championships with a wonderful reigning horse. And she was a, a great horse to ride. And I think Harry, I don't know if you remember her or not. I think I, I do. I think a few years ago we went and saw one of her um, one of her foals. Right, and right. I think she was there too. Yeah. yeah, I did end up selling her, and it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do because I really was attached. But they offered a pretty hefty price for her, and I thought it would not be fiscally responsible of me you know, for our family if I didn't sell her. So I did, and she's still thriving and doing well, from what I understand. In the meantime, I taught writing. I became a quine professor at boarding school and taught equine science and ran their writing program. There was a time when I did not have a horse, though, and it was very difficult for me. Uh, it was while I was a, a freshman and a and sophomore in college and no horse to ride. So what I would do, I'd go through the newspapers and go through the where people were selling their horses in our area. And I would call them and say, I'm interested in buying a horse. Can I come out and try your horse out? So I ended up riding two or three horses every weekend, never in, with intent to buy because I couldn't afford to buy. But I was able to ride every weekend other people's horses. <laughs> I wouldn't just try the horse out. I'd say, well, what about, can it do this? Let me try, you know. And so, <laughs> and some of them would actually thank me for training their horse. They'd say, oh, I didn't know the horse could do that. Thank you for, you know, doing that. And I had a blast. I finally was able to, to get my own horse again. And so I didn't have to do that anymore. But but it did uh, work out well for me. To this day, you know, I have a show team and I have written a couple of books and one is called Rain Dancing, R-E-I-N, Dancing. It's all about making a connection with your horse and pretty comprehensive from buying a horse and picking a trainer to finishing a horse. And I also uh, am in horse photography and and did a coffee table book called I Dream of Horses. And I wrote some poems to go in with the photography and, and it's done a pretty well for me too. And I'm a horse appraiser and uh, got into that kind of by accident, um, but really enjoyed that. And it's been profitable and, and a lot of fun. And what else, Harry? I... Uh, good grandparent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, that's uh, probably between, uh, from being a parent to a grandparent. Uh, those are my best roles and my biggest and most important job in my life and always will be. So at any rate, Harry, let me ask you, where do you see yourself, let's say five years from now? Um, I mean, in life, since I'm only 21, every five years is like I'm a different person technically. So yeah, you're right. I'm not sure about that. That's good insight though. Horse wise, I'm definitely going to keep riding 
I'm kind of at the point now where I know if I get bucked off, I'll I'll be fine. Yes. I'll just probably get back on. Yes. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, might try and see if any other places need ranch hands just mm-hmm. to get more comfortable. Yeah. Um, I do want to finish school first. Yes. Before I kind of get into this kind of stuff, uh-huh. if I do get into it. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to keep writing. Good. Yeah. And, you know, as your grandmother, I will encourage you to look into equine science. Mm-hmm. And if it does happen, and when you're finished with college, that you that you still have a passion for horses, that might be an avenue that you pursue. With equine science, you can do a whole lot with that. Everything from being a breeding manager to a vet assistant, or or even going to vet school. So, of course, I'm always going to encourage everyone to <laughs> have horses in their life. And you, your parents out there, you know, you, if you get your kids involved in horses, you don't have to worry quite as much about them because, you know, once they're addicted to horses, then, you know, speaking of addiction uh, with horses, I don't know what it is about. And and I, I would like to hear from you out there. What is it about the horses that gets you so addicted that for me, I walk across the living room and I glance at the TV and if there is a horse on a television, even if it's a Budweiser commercial, I have to stop and I have to look at that. You know, I have to watch and see what that's all about. I'm I'm actually kind of getting into that too now. Are you? Whenever I watch a movie I and I see a horse, I'm like, oh, I wonder how that horse rides or yeah. what kind of horse that is and yeah. things like that. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You know, and I don't know about any other subject of my life and I've had a diverse life, but... I don't know, the word horse or the image of a horse stops me in my tracks, you know, and I, and I got to check. And it can be horse racing. It can, I, can be, I can be walking in the room and, and the rodeo is on television, and I, I got to see what this is all about. Any movies about horses, I'm definitely in, whether it be an old-time movie or whether it be a current movie. It's definitely all part of it. in closing i just want to say thank you all for listening and i hope i hope that you will tell me your stories about how you got into horses i think it's always fun to know what other people have done in their experiences with horses harry you got anything else going not really it's a little too cold to say anything (laughs) yeah we're still cold yeah (laughs) even though we're in the studio it's still cold in here so please don't forget to subscribe glad you're listening please tune in for our next podcast and until you do may all your blues be ribbons bye-bye